Okay, uh, today we are uh, going to spend, uh, spend the morning understanding Ahetayiska, which is no small thing because many Paiskim hold that if you use Ahetayiska without understanding it, that it's not kosher, some Paiskim hold even be the avid. And therefore, uh, it's very important to understand what Ahetayiska is, how it works. Uh, there are two sides here. This first side has a standard hetiska, iska A. The second side is a iska klali, which I believe there are likely people here in any group of uh, 50 or so people, there's going to be someone who needs it and doesn't know he needs it. So I'd like to first explain iska A, what, what it means, uh, how an iska works. Uh, I'd also like to explain why uh, in the book, there are five hetaiskas. People say, it's confusing, just give me one, you know. Give me one, that's a catch-all. So, it's possible to, but it's not really the way a hetaiska should be. And uh, I'd like to explain, explain all this. Next week, uh, Rav David, I'd like to, to learn, uh, there are a handful of simonim, short simonim, between Ribis and Hochis Nida. So, what I'd like to do is, from now till the summer, I learned the four, the four or five short simanim, beginning with Hilchas Chukas Hagayim, and Hilchas Kishuf, and Hilchas Ksavis Kaka, Kufayin Ches. And next year, after the summer, I'd like to do a Mitzvah Shem Hilchas Nida, Kufayin Ches, Kufayin Tes, Kufay, Kufay Aleph, Kufay Beis. But it's not so much. Each one is a, is a page, some are less. Now that includes Kufay Beis, I believe. Yeah, kaka. Yeah, two including kopei beis. Yeah, it'll be shorter than just kofsamuf uh, that we just did. So uh, you have enough paper. Okay. Uh, they have a paper. Uh, okay. Um, I should mention to you that anybody, uh, as the author, I get these books for half price. If anybody's interested in them, I'm not. I'm selling to you for the course. So I'm not looking to. Actually, a penny more because I think I get it for uh, $13.99 or something. I'm charging $14. Uh, you get a discount for prepayment, yeah. <laughs> so uh, anybody who's, who would like one, I can, uh, I, can uh, I can get you one. This is the fourth edition. They actually went through four printings, which shocked them, shocked me also. And uh, you know, I told you, they say never buy the first printing. There are corrections in the second one. Uh, this one, of course, was perfect the first time, so it was not necessary. To <laughs> it. You're not supposed to laugh. You're supposed to take a seriously. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right. To explain the hetiiska, uh, I think I mentioned to you at the outset that when I started learning Hilchas Ribis, we undertook to learn it. I couldn't wait to get to the Simon Shulchanarach that talked about hetiiska. And we finished everything in Shulchan Aruch. It didn't say the word Hetiska anywhere. Not in the Shulchan Aruch, not in the Shachan Taz, not even the Pischei Tshuva. So something of a shock to me that there's no Hilchis Hetiska. I'd like to explain uh, how the Hetiska is, where it comes from, uh, even the question of whether there's a Chumrah not to use it. I'd like to try to explain everything. But I try to keep to a Seder. And in order to, to go Beseder, I have to explain Iska, not Hetiska. Not this document, but what an iska is, iska is a Hebrew word for investment. What an investment is, we've crossed the, the, the thought uh, many times as we were learning Kof Samach, but you have to understand what it is and how it's the underpinning 
of a heteriska. A niska is an investment. Uh, the, the crucial point is that investment <coughs> is defined by liability. The difference between a loan and an investment is that when I lend you money, you're guaranteeing payment. I lend you $1,000, you owe me $1,000. You can't come back to me and say, well, my business went bad, I don't owe it to you. If I lend you $1,000, you owe it to me. If, if somebody in America declares bankruptcy and owes money to Jews, he still owes money to Jews. There's no halacha doesn't recognize uh, the bankruptcy laws. Uh, that, uh, and therefore, a loan is guaranteed as much as the person is trustworthy, but a loan is a guaranteed thing. And if, in America, there's such a thing as a bankruptcy law. Why isn't that itself not a heteroscope? <coughs> bankruptcy law does not, it does not have something to do with it. It has to do with In other words, if you borrow money, you're not paid. I'm telling you that... It has nothing to do with ribbons. That has to do with Geneva. You owe me money, you're not paying me. It has nothing to do with ribbons. Right? I'm just saying, I'm defining a loan. A loan is you owe me money. It's guaranteed. Anytime a bank or anybody loans you money, right. they know in the back of their minds you could go bankrupt. If I lend you money, I expect that you pay me back. I don't expect that uh, you're going to go hide by bankruptcy. A yid lends a yid money. There's no... Uh, Yes. To, from, Yidden. Talk about sure and consultant when you talk about bankruptcy. Don't talk about rising and thank you. Uh, uh, but. No, no, wrong. No. It's not. No, it's not, it's not correct. It's, uh, it doesn't make it an investment. It's, uh, <laughs> even if a person knows he could lose the money, it does, still doesn't turn into investment. It's only enough Camino Legabe having to pay. But, uh, all right, let's, let's leave the bankruptcy issue aside. I, I didn't mean to. Again, the difference, my point is, the difference between a loan and an investment is liability. When I invest, I am taking a chance on losing my money. Anybody who starts a business, invests in something, there's a chance of liability. Now, in the normal case, where I invest in your company, and uh, I'm a stockholder, I invest, I buy 10% of your company, and I have liability. So that is a typical ISCA. Now, that doesn't need a heter ISCA, because it is exactly what it says. It's an ISCA. I'm investing, uh, buying 10% of your company, and now I'm a partner. So I have my sabachoyim. Someone buys into a company. There's no need for a heter ISCA, because it is an ISCA. Now, there's a tzior in Chazal of an iska where you have a managing partner and an investing partner. Where somebody has an idea for a great business and the investor, uh, he doesn't have capital. So he goes to an investor who the investor is putting up, let us say, all the money. Of course, it could be in different proportions, but to make it easy, the investor is putting up all the money and the managing partner is putting in all of the effort and, uh, and work. And they agree to be 50-50 partners. Now here's where people get confused. Okay? There's something called chati milva v'chati pukadin. It means the following. Let us say you need $100,000 to start a company. I put up $100,000. You put in the work. And we're 50-50 partners. The money I gave you I'm only, I, I only have liability for 50% of the money. How so? 
because I gave you $100,000. The company's value as of this moment is $100,000. And we're equal partners. Equal partners means for every dollar we make, you get 50 cents, I get 50 cents. For every dollar we lose, you lose 50 cents, I lose 50 cents. Now what that means is that I'm, I really only have liability for half of it. Because our agreement is that we share profits and losses equally. And if so, if the company were to go broke, according to our agreement that we're 50-50 partners, you're liable for half of my money. Because that's our agreement. Our agreement is that we share profits and losses equally. So if I'm investing $100,000, so the, in the typical agreement, again, you can make agreements however you like, but the typical agree- agreement in time of Chazal was to make people 50-50 partners. Uh, you could do it differently, and, and that's why I don't want to get to that one. <coughs> second. And, and therefore, I'm half, half of it is a loan. 50% of the liability, I'm guaranteed. I'm guaranteed. And 50% of the liability, I have. <coughs> That's called Chatsi Milva Chatsi Pekad. It means the following. Let me finish again. I invested $100,000. The 50000 for which I suffer liability, uh, potentially, that is a... The word Pekadin here is used as investment. It's not a, it means not a loan. The 50000 which you're guaranteeing, because you're accepting half of the loss, if this is the case, that's a Chatsi Milva. That's a 50% Milva. So that, my investment, is called Chatsi Milva Chatsi Pekadin. You could do it differently. You could do it where the managing partner says, I'm not taking any losses. We'll talk about that. But the typical case in the time of Chazal was this way, that I invested, and it's an agreement, that, let me just finish, that it's 50%, 50%, any losses we share equally, any profits we share equally, and Shalom uh, Yisrael, and that's a regular iska. There's no... Almost no issue with this. The only issue is that you're working for free. You're working for free. Why are you working for free? I'm, I'm a 50% partner. You're a 50% partner. I should be doing half the work. You should be doing half the work. Now, because of why are you working for free? Because I'm, I'm the investor. Now, here is a problem because I'm lending you money and that's why it's a chatimilva. That's why you're willing to work. So Chazal required that there be compensation for the work, which many times there is straight out compensation as a salary to the managing partner. Uh, if there isn't compensation, then the, het, then the ISCA requires compensation. Chazal had a cooler that if you pay the compensation up front, you can get away with a token payment of a dinner, Chazal say. You can give a token payment just to show that you're paying for the effort, provided the payment is made up front. And that dinner is the dollar, the famous dollar that's part of many Hatiska agreements, that you give a dollar. And I just, at the moment, was just thinking, in, in this book, it says that a dollar is good as long as the price of silver stays under $6.30 an ounce. What's the price of silver today? 30 something. So the dollar is not so posh. Now, the Dr. Chuba holds that dinner is lavdaka, pruta is good, but the meaning is always to do a dinner. It's over $30 an ounce, so it's, it's got to be like $5 instead of a dollar, and maybe it's something which has to be, which has to be known, because uh, what it says here is the price of silver rarely goes over uh, the six thirty an ounce, and therefore it's, uh, it's added. What? New edition, okay. But, all right. We'll see if Romney wins, it may go down again, but... Uh, what? Six of an ounce means what? Oh, that's a dinner. Dinner... 
yeah, dinner is 192 prutas. And uh, as long as the pruta, it depends what a pruta is. But not a matana, no, no, no. Fifty thousand is a halva that he has to pay him back. Fifty thousand investment. Now that's not every case. That's the case the Chazal typically had chazi milva chazi pekadin, and therefore that's the basis for most heter iskis. Yeah. $100,000 remains. He gets 50, he gets 50, and he owes him 50. So I think he's back to 50. Because he here for Zemilva. So you have to pay him back to 50. If there's 200000 left, he gets 100, he gets 100, he's got to pay him back 50. got to pay him money. Now, But he'll owe him, he'll owe him fifty. He gets forty, he gets forty, and then he owes him fifty for the halva. You got to give him back his forty plus ten more, because half of it is an over. Those the liability was twenty. He's got to pay ten of the twenty. It means when the word, the idea of a business in Gemara. The Gemara talks about chatimil chatipakad. The Gemara talks. It's a tosfos that says you can do a dinner as long as it's uh, paid up front. Now, this was a typical business dealing in the time of Chazal. The Gemara calls it Hefsid uh, uh, the Now, it's the equal risk, Hefsid and Schar. The Gemara has such an expression as Karav Lehefsid, Karav Lehefsid. It's Mutter. The Gemara, when the Gemara says Karav Lehefsid, Varachik Lehefsid, when someone guarantees the, the principal, the Gemara calls that Karav Lehefsid. You can make money, Varachik Lehefsid, you can't lose money. That's exp- Gemara's expression for Chatimil Chatipakat. At any rate, that's an aside. This is the typical iska in the time of Chazal. The typical heta iska is drawn based on that. Why? We'll talk later about the downside of doing it the typical way and the fact that sometimes when there are business dealings, we don't draw heta iska that way. And that's why there are different types of heta iska. But we'll start with the traditional hatiska. The traditional hatiska is the one in front of you. Most of them use this arrangement. So what happens is the following. You and I, uh, you're going into a business and you want to borrow money. I have a problem. I, I would like to get a percentage. I can't charge rivers. Now again, you have to understand the following. Ramesha writes that if you think a hatiska uh, is a kameya, that's his lush in the kameya, and you wave it at interest and it becomes mutter. So he says, loyal salai, it doesn't work. You can't make a, if you don't totally don't understand the head to iska, you can't use the head to iska. I have people who come, and it's not, it's not so simple. Uh, I'll talk about the Yevet later. But at any rate, what is a traditional head to iska? I say traditional because we're going to talk about uh, variations. A traditional head to iska, most head to iskas work as follows. What we do is, we, you want me to, to, to lend you money, you want to start a business. I'm not really not interested in liability. I'm not really interested in profits of your business. I just want to get the, uh, the few percentages that I, that I could get from, uh, on the open market for a loan. So I want to get whatever. Let's say I want to get 5%. So what I do with you is I make a hetiska, but I put in clauses <coughs> which make it unlikely that there'll be a liability. And typically, uh, the clauses are that if there's a loss, 
you have to bring two Edim Nehmanim to Bezdin that know of the laws. It's unlikely that you'll know you'll be able to bring two Nehmanim who know the whole business dealing in your business. You might have, you might have an accountant who could do it, but it's unlikely that you'll do it. And uh, therefore, I feel comfortable that there won't be, that my money is safe. Now, similarly, if you want to claim uh, that the amount of profit was, there was no profit or less than we anticipated, you have to swear in Bezdin. For profit, it's enough for sure, whatever reason. So the typical Hatiska says, if you claim loss of principle, you need to aid him. If you're claiming that there was no, the anticipated profits didn't materialize, you need to swear in Shua Hamur and Bezdin. The assumption going in, we know, is that you'll neither bring Edim nor have a Shua. And therefore, we put in the following clause. The clause is, uh, then you see in the Hatisk in front of you, I will read the first two paragraphs soon, but the third paragraph is the clause that makes it a Hatisk. It is agreed that if I return the above-mentioned principle to the investing partner, together with an additional 5%, whatever they make up, as payment for his share of the profits which are generated, then I will not be required to make any further payment, nor I will be required to make an oath. In other words, it says like this. I have to swear if I say that these profits didn't materialize. We're saying you want 5%, so we're claiming the profits will be, how much? We're saying the profits will be 10%. With this made 10% profit, your share will be 5%. If it doesn't materialize, I have to swear. So it's agreed that if I give you the 5%, I don't have to swear. That is the guts of the Hetesk. That's really what it is. So if you look at it now, the first two paragraphs are an Iska. The third paragraph turns into a Hetesk. The first two paragraphs, I, the other side, let me just finish, have received the sum of, let's say, $100,000 from so-and-so hereafter referred as the investing partner to be used for business purposes. I obligate myself to utilize these funds in a manner which I believe will generate profits. Any profit realized or loss of sustained shall be shared equally between the investing partner and myself. Any claim of loss must be verified through a testimony of two qualified witnesses in and under conditions separate to an Orthodox Jewish court of law. Any claim regarding the amount of profits generated shall be verified under solemn oath before the Orthodox Jewish court of law. Now, you could really require Aden for both, Shvur for both. This is the way it's traditionally done. Now, those two paragraphs are a normal iska. If I take the first two paragraphs, it's an iska, requiring you to prove your claim in the methods outlined. The head iska says it's agreed that I have an option. If I return the above-mentioned principle, the necessary part of additional so-and-so, then I'm not required to make an, to make an oath. So that's it. There's no ribbis. I'm only entitled to profit. I'm not entitled to any interest. The profit is after the loan. giving you extra money for the loan. He gave you a milva. I'm giving you $50,000 as a milva. No, the profits based on that 50% is yours. We're splitting profits equally. So the profits on the milva half you keep. I don't get it. The profits on the pecan half I get. So I get half of the profits generated. And in that way, it's, uh, it's Shalom Yisrael. That way, uh, it's an investment and, and it is fine. Uh, so it says afterwards in the fifth paragraph, I received one dollar from Hezi Pai paying for my services during the terms of our partnership. It's an open-ended term. There's no term this, right? Read your return and see what Oh, so the fourth paragraph says, I am obligated to make this payment on or before this and this date. 
But it says the payment is not made, the terms of the isca shall continue. Because if he doesn't pay, you still want to be able to get profit. That's the end of the loan? That's the end of the loan. If it's a monthly payment, so I have a different nusa for one that requires monthly payments. This, this is drawn for a one-time payment. But there's a nusa for a monthly In the first paragraph. Oh, in the third paragraph. All right, it's important... With an additional, that could be a currency amount. It's usually a percentage amount. However, there's sometimes complicated arrangements. And you can put in with an additional amount uh, as per our, our agreement, our partnership agreement. You could put in there a reference to another document, which would also do the trick. So I'm going to get to that. See, it says where money is advanced for business use. Here I'm still talking about what is advanced for business use. If money is advanced to pay off credit card debt, we're not talking about that yet. Here we're talking about when money is advanced for a uh, for that. So here, this is the star. Uh, the witnesses on the bottom is an optional thing. Most tetiskas don't use witnesses. There's a reason that I put it in all my staris. I wrote that it's optional. But... Uh, but but the ikker is the beginning, and this is basically the way a hetisco works. Now, of course, there's a certain amount of harama here, a certain amount of harama in the fact that we're winking at each other. We're saying, if you swear, if you bring witnesses, then I have liability. But if not, I'll get my money. There is a certain amount of harama involved here, and for that reason, there are those who objected to the use of a hetisco. But it's fair to say that the majority of Paiskim, not today, over the last 250 years, uh, allowed this, starting from the Sma who wrote Hetiskis, the Chachmas Adam wrote Hetiskis, the Gedalia Paiskim allowed it. There were uh, occasional misnagdim uh, to it, there are those who were against the Hetiska, but they're not the well known names in Psachaloch and Klai Yisrael. So uh, there's a Sefer Shulchan Gavaya, Ginas Veradim. I bring, I think, three who are against it. But as long as it's honest to goodness business, it's really being done as business, you're investing and the other person needs it for business, there are, there are come out no misnagdim that hold that you're not allowed to use this form. The rum is this, that I need, I'm investing, I'm the wealthy man, I'm investing. I, I once told my class, we give a shawl of learning the Zikin, I said, in every marshal, I'm the wealthy guy. So don't get confused, I say, oh, I'm the wealthy person. So, I'm the wealthy person. I'm investing with you. I must carry a possibility of liability. So here, I'm limiting my liability. The only way I can lose money is A, the business loses money, and B, you're willing to bring two Adim on loss of principle, or Swish Wilchamura on loss of profit. I, I'm sort of trusting it's never going to come to that. And that's why I'm investing. So I'm really sort of saying that my liability is. is my chance of liability is so minimal, it makes if my risk worth it. But in theory, if he brings it to him, also, if Meisher writes, if the investor has first-hand knowledge of the loss, if the investor knows first-hand of the loss, he can't require aid him. If he knows, that's why an investor who's hands-on shouldn't use a heteriska. If he, he should know as little as possible about the business. He should know as little as he can know about it because if he knows first-hand that there was a loss, then it's a, then it's a serious problem. Now, it's rare that you know firsthand. Even if you invested in a building, there was a fire. Do you know if there was insurance? What's, so what's it's a holding the account, you give me a financial statement, give me an audit report, and it's done. And it's done. 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 It's
has an account. He said, I want an audited report. <laughs> if you're going to do that, you should not use that to ISCA. If you feel comfortable that you have first-hand knowledge, now you don't have to trust an audited yeah, report. Because right. you need to stay at their money. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Most, the most common use that I have to head to ISCA is uh, in a, a loan in a real estate transaction. So GFI is lending money to uh, somebody to borrow who happens to be Jewish. Okay? Now, the, most of the people I'm representing are not from Jews. And I'm afraid to sit down and say, let me explain what this heck is. Usually what happens there... They use that to Yeah, what they do is they say, here, here's a dollar, here's a document, that's it. No signatures, no explanations, nothing. Isn't it's, that a harama completely? It's, it's, to use a heck where people don't understand it, it's there's certainly, definitely not a chilla, even with the Evid. Many places can withhold its no Ramesha does give one exception. In Chela Gimel, he says when a bank uses a hetiska, <coughs> even if the people don't know what it is, it's okay. My understanding of his reasoning, which he doesn't explain, is that everyone who knows that banks have bylaws, have a lot of fine print. And nobody knows what it says in the fine print. You know, it's, uh, you put money in the bank, you figure everyone else is, is putting money in the bank, so you know, banks can't go under. Or, uh, you're Therefore, when it's a bank, or uh, any, any entity that's controlled, so Ramesh is matier to use a hetiska if they don't understand it. Otherwise, they need a hetiska. And my experience is, when you explain a hetiska to fry a person, he shows it to his lawyer, the lawyer recommends against it. Which makes you feel good. It means it's real. You know, if the right lawyer would say there's nothing in it, uh, there is a hetiska. Oh, I just got a... Uh, uh, I brought it in the other day, uh, a judgment. Uh, a, I think it was the, the Supreme Court of New York State. A judgment. There is one Talmud Chacham who's an expert in Hilchus Rebis, who allows putting in a clause that says on the hetiska, this hetiska should not be produced in any proceedings in civil court. And uh, it should not affect any proceedings in civil court. So I was very upset about it. I, I called him in one case that, that came to me, and he explained to me his logic for it. He said, look, uh, people should go to bed, and whatever his logic was, I shouldn't speak for him. Uh, in the case that we were dealing with, he was asking him not to use it. I don't remember. But there was this recent judgment in court that if you write such a document, it makes the hetisk uh, meaningless. And uh, I will use it. I'll answer it separately, okay? Because that's the Ulif uh, Yes. So why is no, we there. I'm talking when when the ISCA was incorporated into the bank bylaws. That that's good. Now that's good, provided that not the local branch manager who did the hetiska. If the local branch manager does the hetiska, it's never going to carry in court. And there are local branch managers that did do it, and they have Rabbanim's names, that this Rav made the Hatiska. It's not, in my opinion at least, it's not the right thing. It's a meaningless thing. If the board of directors of the bank signed on it, that would be fine for me. Rabban and Deiraisa. So there are truths. The Tvushar says Haram is only helpful to Rabban, it's not Deiraisa. Some Saifi says it's not true. That Haram's work, where we find Chazal allowed it. Here specifically in Mamin, an agreement is chal. It's it's it, the, the, an agreement like by Mechiras Chametz. The Mechiras Chal. You don't mean it. You do mean it. But Klapi Shvayagalia, it, it takes effect, and that's the reason that the Hete Iska is it's chal. If you don't honor it, you don't honor it. But it, there's a chal. So like now, business goes bankrupt. Right? Fifty percent is a loan. He is by the chayav. It doesn't make a difference whether it's only the other 
Right. That's right. The loan he owes no matter what. No matter what. Because you you weren't doing it as an iska, you're doing it as an investment. If you want to turn it into a hete iska, you have to say I'll accept fifty percent of the loss. You don't want to accept fifty percent of the loss. The hete iska makes it unlikely you'll ever have the loss. That's what you need it for. If you know it's going to make profits, you don't need hete iska. Just do an investment. The hete iska is drawn for one purpose only. To, to sort of guarantee the person, but not quite guarantee that it won't be loss of principal. You have to pay. Now, there is there's a difference of agreement, the difference of opinion. If Mechiras comments is there, I said Rabbanon. Mechiras writes that said Rabbanon, you do bittul anyway. Do you really do bittul if you have a uh, a shop a glot mod and you have in the basement $50,000 worth of cereal you're really not relying on the bitl you're really relying on the mechira so if it's the rest of the is questionable but anyway the mechira is chal now what if there's a delay in the payment let's say it's now an economic balance not a bankruptcy right delay in getting the payment out so clause 4 says I'm obligated the paragraph 4 I'm obligated to make this payment on or before a certain time it says if payment is not made by the time the terms of the isker shall continue. So that if he fails to make payment, the terms continue and whatever he owes him is still uh, an anticipated profit. Yes, yes. Now, what is the problem? Why can't I use this document every single time? Why do I need more documents? So there are two problems with this document uh, which require an adjustment. The main problem with a heta iska is when a person is not taking money for a business. I tell now, I told where a person takes money, he's going to start a business. What happens if a person is, is choking under credit card debt or he owes more money on his mortgage and a foreclose on his home? What happens when a person is taking money for personal use? So for personal use, this nusuch is not really correct. It's not an accurate nusuch. And therefore, in the book, there's an iska B, where money is advanced for personal use. It's the same iska, except where it says, I'm obligated to utilize these funds, in the first paragraph, I'm obligated to use these funds in a manner which I believe will generate profit. You can't say that. You can't sign such a document if you're taking money to pay off your mortgage or to pay off your, your credit card debt or to make a wedding. You know, I'm using it to make profit. What profit? Therefore, there... It, the Hete Iska says that I'm selling you investments which I already have. If there are investments which a person already has, so you do the same Hete Iska, but instead of utilizing this money for profits, I'm taking the money and I'm selling you, as of this moment, a share in the investments which I have. Now, if I have an IRA, so I have money <coughs> which I can invest, the IRA can be put into uh, many uh, different instruments, so I'm agreeing to sell that. If it's a house, a house is an investment. If the house has net value, it's not mortgaged for its full value. So a person can do a hatiska for whatever his value is. So he's giving over value. If, and it happens, where a person has no investments, you cannot use a hatiska. A person who has absolutely no investments, and he's not borrowing money to start a business, he's borrowing money to pay off debt, a hatiska does not work. Hetiska has to give a share in some type of a business which can make profit. And therefore, what? There are businesses you can't, that do make a profit, you can't invest in. A non-lawyer can't invest in. 
so I, I don't know, you know, if the law doesn't allow investment, it may not be good. Or it may be good. I'm not sure how Allah would view it. Uh, it's complicated. If it's a deed of the Machusa, a non-lawyer can invest in a law firm, it's, it's questionable as to whether that rule falls under Dina Machusadina. Uh, Dina Machusadina, uh, I don't want to get anything, but share on it. it. It's limited in its application. Yes? So in other words, if I have a home equity, I can give my father a loan on my home equity, he'll pay the interest because... The one receiving the funds has no, to have... He has to have home equity. He has to have so equity in his home. If he has no equity, no IRAs, you can use that to ask him. You can give him a loan. You can give him, you give him a free loan. It's a Mitzvah Raisa. It's a Mitzvah Raisa to give him. You can do that to ask There's really no way out of it. In other words, a business. There's really no way out of it. It's real and not a shell. It's got to be a, it like a shell. A shell. So what, what business? If you have a business that can make profit, you can use Hatiska. Hatiska has to be for business. Right? Money, People have IRAs. Money just has money in the bank. Once upon a time, money in the bank made money. <laughs> I have a super high yield checking account it's giving me 0.1% no because no one's making money first of all Tyson says you don't own uh, Tyson says you shouldn't rely on it Tyson and Mama see it and anyway you're not making money on that uh, calculation can't sell a son to be an avid you sell a daughter to be an uh, I sell your daughter to be an avid so what are you doing? He's going to buy a partnership in your daughter who's an Amavriya. It's a, yeah, it's a very imaginative thing. Ramesha writes in the Tshuva that uh, you can't sell slaves today because of the Dina the Machusa, which is a Kiddush. But, uh, <laughs> but he has by, by being Mitara Mamzer, by the Eitz of Mitara. So he said to be Mitara Mamzer, you could do it even though Dina Machusa, but you're making him an evidence and freeing him right away. So uh, he has a head. Yes. You can't make that disc retroactively. The head disc had to be made. At you made that disc. You made that disc at the time? So the Aurav also has to sign on to that Tiska. You have to have signs on to that Tiska. Could be. Could be it's good if the Aurav has that Yes? Yes? Yeah. If it's his house, if it's his house, it's a business, yeah. Houses is a I'll tell you off the record, uh, there's a very wealthy man who I happen to daven with Friday mornings. 
And after davening, he says to me, why isn't everyone investing in real estate? It always goes up. That's what he told me. So I told him, because not everyone's like you that can invest in 50 places. You can invest in one, you know, you don't really take a chance. You invest in 50 places, you know, the rich get richer. But, uh, you know, real estate uh, <coughs> goes up, so you can use it as a disk. It's a problem. Since you know the ISCA, if you know it didn't go up, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck. In ISCA, if you have first-hand knowledge, it didn't go up in value, you can't get your percentage. Yeah, hopefully it will go up. So, from your child, how much are you going to take? 3%, 4%? So, it's not so big. <laughs> okay, at any rate, I want to go to Seder. I told you there are, there are two major problems. So, problem number one is if it's not used for, for an investment, so you do have an option of buying into other investments he has, which is this could be in the book, and that, that works just fine. As a matter of fact, it's better because you don't know which investment, and there's no chance you'll, you really know which investment. It, it, it work, just works better. And, and in fact, now, if you know for certain, then it's a problem. That's the best thing. And you're right. You're right that he's obligated to put it into the best investment he has. That's all. That's what Nusra says. Best investment. No one knows the future, but the best anticipated uh, investment. And that's what it is. And you could call for insurance. If, you, if you're investing in the, and it's based on a home, you could call for insurance to be drawn. That's not, it, to be, it could be a requirement. Now, there, yes. So it's really 10%. Because 45% is going to be your half. So it's really, that's one of the problems. Now, let me explain. All right, this till now, we've talked about the standard had to ISCA, had to ISCA A and B, which is the same, just one for personal use, one for business use. Now, there is also a, there is also a potential problem with using a chati milva chati pakadin. The use of a chati milva chati pakadin it's just because that's the evolution of how Hete Iskas evolved from Iskas to Hete Iskas. Now, there are, there are two potential issues. One is, if I go into a business deal with you, Chati Milva, Chati Pekadin, I give you 100000 50000 is a loan, 50000 is an investment. At the end of the day, I'm a lender and you're a borrower. At the end of the day, we have Halvar restrictions. You can't come to me and say, you know, you invested in the bagel store with me. Here, have a, have a dozen bagels. You're my lover. I'm your malva. You can't give me things. Now, if the person you're investing with, the person you barely know, it's not so much of an issue. But sometimes, <coughs> it's a father and a son, or the people who know each other, they do each other favors. And by using Chati Nilva, Chati Pekadin, you're making yourself into a lender, which is not an ideal thing for people that are friends. You're making yourself a lender, you can have business issues. That's, that's a problem with Chati Nova. Now, there's another problem with Chati Nova, is that let's say I want 5%. I'm saying that this business anticipates a 10% profit, because we split profits. So I'm really saying we anticipate we're going to make 10%, I get 5 you get 5 So I get my 5%. What is if I want 12%? We have to be saying that we anticipate a 24% profit in the business, which could be wild. It could be, uh, it could be unrealistic. You have an IRA, we can get 24%. And therefore, one second, it says that profits and losses to be shared equally, 
which means I get half of the profits. That's what it says in the beginning. So, so it says share equally. I'm only getting half the profit. For that reason, it's better to use a kulay pekadin form. Kulay pekadin says, I'm giving you $100,000. Every penny of it is an investment. I'm not lending you a penny. I'm giving you $100,000 as an investment in the business. And all the profits are mine, except for your uh, you get a salary. All the profits are mine. However, it is agreed that if I return the above-mentioned principle with the anticipated profit of 5%, that the rest of the profits you could keep. That form, a Kulei Pekadin form, which I have, uh, again, I have two, one for business use, one for personal use, really is the optimum use of a Hattis, because really the best way to go. It, it solves both problems. I'm not a Malvin Loiva with you, and I'm not a... I'm not a... Uh, I'm not saying I anticipate double the percentage. I'm saying I anticipate a 5% profit. Now, you say I could lose everything. Most people who invest in it with a Hattie Iska are assuming that the person they're investing with will not bring two witnesses and will not swear. In other words, I'm really betting that he's going to stick to, to the third paragraph, that he's going to return the above-mentioned principle of 5% as anticipated profit, and that's that. If I feel comfortable with that, so then I could use a Kulei Pekadin form. Now, I would personally prefer to always use a Kulei Pekadin form and not have problems. So I had somebody, one of my chavrusas, who's a really big expert. I learned Tilchus Ribbis from Yeshiva Lampov Metziah about, uh, about 1981. Yeshiva Lampov Metziah, so I learned Tilchus Ribbis. And uh, so I learned it then. Seven years later, when Yeshiva came back to Bava Metziah, I... I did it again. I did it. Uh, I reviewed it. The Chavrusa I learned with had spent that entire seven years doing Hilchas Rivas. He became a big expert in Hilchas Rivas. Today in America, he's from the one or two uh, experts in Hilchas Rivas. And he put out a safe on Hilchas Rivas. And it was very frustrating learning Shulchan Aruch with him because he knew what it said. It just bothered him. The Grot Seich and so one Gemara, it was really a different Gemara, you know, like that type of thing when you're with somebody who has expertise. But I see, he asked at that time, I believe, of Shemiz Alman, why don't we just use a Kulei Pekadin form all the time? Shemiz Alman told him, I believe, if I recall correctly, that Chazal always used Chati Milva Chati Pekadin. So when you could use it, use it. There's a reason not to use it, use a Kulei Pekadin So the standard Hete Iska, if you go in, you get the standard Hete Iska form. So uh, if you Google uh, Hete Iska form, you get a site that has all kinds of shtaris. And they happen to have my Hete Iskas there. Uh, but there are Hete Iskas that are one size fits all, which are drawn to cover all cases. And they're a Kulay Pekadin, they're a Chati Milva Chati Pekadin form. And you can use it. It's, uh, now, what? Because, because that's the way it was always written. And Jews, you know, we still say Yekumpurkin in Aramaic, and we still bless the Chachamim above El. How many Chacham are there in Bavel? I don't know. You know, I, I knew someone, the chaplain who served in Iraq. And he came back. He showed me a picture of himself sitting on the, the, the throne of uh, Mr. Hussein. So I told him, you know, you're in Iraq for six months. You know, whole class was blessing you. You know, we say, we, we say a bracha for the Chacham who are in Bavel. And you are the one. You're the only Chacham in Bavel. You know, it's like, it's Gavaldic. So, so we try to stay with, with Big Amasaira and we try to stick with it and, and it is going to come. So these are the two major issues. The, again, the major issues are when a person has no investments, and that's a big problem, 
and where you need a kulei pekad before. Yeah. Condition that you Uh, that's a good question. Okay, I'll answer. Yeah, okay. No, it has to be biyadai. It has to be conditions biyadai. But uh, if you stand on your head. So, yeah, you could make any condition. However, when we draw up shtaris, this is what Rabbi Feinstein told me. I call Rabbi Feinstein. I don't like doing shtar Shabbos. People have businesses that have to be open on Shabbos. I try to get them to go to someone else. Shtar Shabbos... You know, you sell it to the, to, you sell the, you sell half your business to the, to the guy, the handyman. It, it doesn't, it doesn't sit so well with me. So I only do a star Shabbos if the guy's willing to lose money and give whoever he sells to a part of the money. And you know, so that itself dissuades people from coming to me. But I asked Rav David, uh, why, how much percentage do I have to give? I want to do a real star Shabbos. And uh, someone's investing, he's buying Shabbos. Uh, I have a business open seven days a week. So he's buying Shabbos and Yom Tiv, like a sixth of the year. So what profit do I have to give him? And he's allowed to pay for his chalik in the business, and he has to make a profit. So I could say, well, the business makes a million dollars profit, a sixth is one million dollars. He'll pay me a million, you get a million, and I don't lose anything. That's not an investment. So Rabdavid told me it has to be a clause that people do in business. That people would do for business. Nobody would invest to get zero back. 1% also not. So I remember talking to him about the case I was involved in. He wanted, uh, originally he told me it should be 10% of the, of the Shabbos income. And uh, I told him the person that's being sold to is the manager. He knows the business. He, he's confident. It's not so much risk. So he was asking him that if it's an insider who knows the business and has the minimal risk, that 5% is enough. And I drew up to Shtar, that he gets 5% of the, of the profits. But, uh, but the clause has to be a sensible business clause. The clauses that are here are sensible business clauses. You need witnesses. Now, I write a star in a business. You need witnesses to prove loss. It makes sense. If I write that if you want to prove a loss, you have to learn how to do somersaults, so stay on your head, that's not a normal business agreement. And therefore, the shtarais shouldn't be drawn to be a normal business tonight. If you do something, else, it'll be how. But uh, we want to keep it. It's enough of our Roma. We want to keep it as as uh, as in line as possible. No, five percent of the Shabbos profit. Why would anybody invest and buy your Shabbos business? Somebody wants to buy the Shabbos business for what? So you should get the whole million. No, one sixth of the million. It makes a million. It makes oh, six million a year. Six million a year. So Shabbos Yotiv it makes a million. You should get the whole million. But I don't know. I established a business. I don't have to sell it. Give it to him for free. So he has to buy. Would you invest in a business? That's making a million dollars. I'm willing to sell you a sixth of the business. It's a million dollars. You invest a million dollars, and I'll give you back a million dollars as the profit. You wouldn't do that. So you're it's really it has to be a sensible profit that a person can really anticipate. I don't want to get sidetracked to Shtar Shabbos, so we can talk about it. So I'm trying to be Masudar. What I've told you till now is the regular Heta Iska. Again, two concerns. If there's no investment... And B, if it's not a Kulei Pekadin form, there are a few drawbacks. Now, there are two relatively new developments in, in Heteiska. One is, one is very useful and one is a big mistake. The mistake is easy. There is a Heteiska which is circulating, which 
was written by people who know halacha, but in my opinion, don't know English. What it says in paragraph four or three is agreed, what they write is agreed that in lieu of returning the above-mentioned principle, uh, that, I'm sorry, that in lieu of payment for his share of the profits that are generated, I will return the above-mentioned principle together with an additional 5%. Now, what that means in English, it is agreed that in lieu of, it means that this star is saying you have no option of going with a prior agreement. It is agreed that in lieu of the previous agreement that, uh, I'm just trying to find the exact nusach that the Iska form. In lieu of the Iska, we're going to pay interest. That's what it says. Now, obviously, that's not good. You can't say that. There has to be an option of bringing witnesses. You can't write that in lieu of everything we said till now, we're going to, we're going to, uh, to pay interest. You can't do that. It has to be a chance that you're going to lose money. Here's the Nusach. I have here an erroneous etiske form. This is the quote. It is agreed that in lieu of the aforementioned oath, the managing partner will return the principal to the investing partner with additional dollars blank for his share in the profits. Now, that language is saying that it is agreed that in lieu of the oath, he's going to pay this amount. That's a big toss. Because he has to have the option of swearing. The whole etiske works. So if he wants, he could swear and you take a loss. So their writing is agreed that in lieu of the aforementioned oath, the manager power will return the principal. That's a big problem. It's automatic. It's agreed that in lieu of that, we're going to do this. So who cares about that? You're just doing this. It's, it's a big toss. And it's all over. It's a form that has uh, on top explanation and bottom form. It has an explanation, a very nice explanation. It's made for people who don't know what a hetisk is to be able to, in one stop, to do it. It's an explanation, paragraph, and then form, paragraph. And that form is drawn... It's just a mistake. The English is wrong, it says in Luav. Number two is Ramesha has a sale lease agreement, just because it's late, I'm not going to go into it, but if someone is giving money to a child, a relative, anybody, to buy a house, instead of using a hetaiska, it's better to use a sale lease agreement. The sale lease agreement accomplishes the same thing without any aroma at all, and uh, it's an excellent, uh, an excellent thing. In, in Lakewood, I mentioned that the, the Mesharim, the second Besdin that opened in Lakewood, they don't do hetaiskas. For whatever reason, it's a from kite, they don't do hetaiskas, but they do do sale lease agreements. And uh, the sale lease agreement is highly preferable uh, to the hetaiska. What it is, we can discuss. I just want to get to side B. Side B of your sheets is a very important document for partners in business. Now, this is something that you're all going to say, not all, some of you know this, but uh, 75% of people don't know, that if you have two partners in a business, uh, Ryzen Brothers, my father, my uncle, open a business, taking bank loans is a ribus issue. And the reason is the following. When you take a bank loan, let's say you and I are partners, we take a bank loan, that bank loan, if... I borrow 50%, you borrow 50%, there's no problem. Let's not say you and I, we're both here, and we say, look, you take a loan for half, I take a loan for half, we'll put it into the business. And the business will pay the interest. It's not a problem. Why? Because I own half the business, you own half the business. We're investing equally, we're taking out equally. The fact that I'm paying my interest with it is of no consequence. I'm entitled to half of the profits of the business. So if I take 50%, you take 50%, we take separate loans. There's no problem. It doesn't matter where I got the money from. 
if I invest with a loan, you invest without a loan, it doesn't matter. That's good. However, when we go to a bank and we borrow money, we guarantee it personally, the bank holds each person responsible for 100% of the loan. Which means that my, I am guaranteeing, I'm an oriv for my partner's loan to the bakery. He borrowed for the bank, he gave the money to the business, and I'm an oriv for that money. And that is, that's a problem. When one partner, the investing partner, takes a loan all by himself, and he expects the business to pay it, and he's the only name on the loan, so that's straight out ribbis. I'm borrowing money from the bank, and now I'm lending it to the business, of which half of it is you. That's no different than uh, letting someone use my credit card. Let me just finish. So, so the, this is a problem, which is a problem, really, there's one exception. When the managing partner takes a loan, there are many Paiskim will hold that since he's the managing partner, he's entitled, as part of a managing agreement, to take loans on behalf of both. That's a separate issue. But that's not usually the case. Usually the investing partner is the one with credit. It's a problem. Therefore, if you have a partnership, you should draw up a Hetiska Kloli. Hetiska Kloli governs all business deals that take place. And it says the following. Whereas we, the undecided desire, all business have been accordance with all that Jewish law, proves the payment of how money advanced to Jews. We hereby declare, all money advanced in the course of our joint business dealings by either party whether personal monies or via loans received from outside lenders, including mortgage loans, which are guaranteed by individual partners, are advanced in accordance with, accordance with the term of Hetiska stating that. And then it goes into the Hetiska agreement, which is basically very typical, basically, and it's a, it's a, it's a catch-all. It's a Hetiska clawly, a general Hetiska, which governs everything. This document has three signatures because I had written it up when, when there were three partners involved. However, many partners are, invi- are involved. Now, the only thing is the dollar. Every time we do business, I'm going to give you a dollar. So this star, instead of a dollar, say, uh, 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 gives the managing partner 5% of profits for his efforts, which is a second option of dealing with, uh, with a dollar of giving him a certain percentage of profits in, in exchange for his efforts. But all that is of no practical consequence because it is agreed that if you pay monthly payments in, in six, six is what makes it a head to ISCA. It's agreed that if the party shall provide to the investor some equal to the monthly payments provided for in their agreement, they'll give him whatever, 5%, the investor shall waive his rights to additional profits or may pass shall belong to the party. So that's basically the... The idea of a hete iska kloli, a general hete iska, which certainly works between firm yidin, there's no question. And it's important that anybody with a business or partnership, and today any major type of business has partnerships, if there's no personal liability, it's not a major issue because you have Ramesh's hete, the corporation hete, whenever there's no personal liability. But in cases where there is personal liability, it is, it's crucial that every business has uh, he had to ask a cloli. What? When they're Jews, and everyone, when the two partners are Jews, no. one partner, the even they borrow from a Gaisha bank. If I borrow money from a bank and lend it to you, I can't charge you ribbis. If I borrow money from the bank and lend it to the business, the half of the business that's yours, I can't. I have to pay that interest. I can't have you pay it because I'm lending what I borrowed, and that's where it becomes an issue. 
and, uh, and there, therefore it's important for business partners to have Hetiska Kloli. A number of people here in the shul over the years have drawn up Hetiska Kloli. Sometimes it has to be adjusted for the, for the exact type of a business, but it's, it's crucial that people uh, be aware of the concept of a Hetiska Kloli. <coughs> so, excuse me? What does indemnification mean? I will you You can indemnify anybody, but not in exchange for a loan. You can, you can do people favors, but not in exchange for a loan. No, two partners. Yes. Right. Right. He can't. If someone lends you money, you can't, in exchange, guarantee to make his payments. Identify means you borrow from the bank, you're lending it to me, and I guarantee that the payments to the bank will happen. I'm asking, let's say I need to borrow money from you. You borrow money from a bank at 5%. You can't lend to me by interest. You say, I can't lend you with interest, but I want you to guarantee you'll pay the bank 5% every month. That's the same as interest. That's what's happening. And that's where it's an issue. So it's an issue. You should know that if anybody here already has such an agreement and you want to use a Hetiska clawly, or any Hetiska, it does not work retroactively. It can work. What you have to do is sit down in a, a reissue the loan, so to speak. Now, most people, if they invest a million dollars, don't happen to have a million dollars handy. So you have to have ways of doing it to pay back the loan and reissue as an investment. And uh, here there's a section that describes how to change a hatiska into a, uh, into a, how to change a loan into a hatiska. Usually you sit down with a rub, it takes a few minutes, uh, 15 minutes to change it, and it can be changed. But it can help retroactively. But generally, if, if you already have a liability for the past, they're very difficult. It's a small amount. You can, you can fix it up, but it's very difficult once it's a major amount of money to fix it. All right, so this is the basic rules of Hetisker. There are many side issues, which I try to restrain myself and stay clear with the main issues. And uh, I hope, I hope, if the whole business is worth it, that you're aware of the Hetisker that's already could have. I said I wasn't going to get into it. It's a separate share, but you can always buy the book and... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so use it, use it. <laughs>